are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, we want to say thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder that the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming surfaces, five days a week, all Louisville, all the time. So, Louisville coming off of a heartbreaking 34-33 loss against the Virginia Cavaliers on Saturday. We're going to break that down fully, talk about the initial takeaways and reactions, and really dive into some analysis on that fourth quarter. We'll do the weekly good, bad, and ugly segment, the good being the rushing attack had another great week, the bad being allowing over 500 yards of offense, and then the ugly is obviously that fourth quarter in which Louisville blew a 17-point lead. In the final segment, we will dive into the weekly mailbag, but before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football bee writer and a recruiting analyst, and also do some PA announcing work for the university in sports like soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, etc., you can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore and the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into the show. Louisville losing to Virginia on Saturday afternoon, 34-33 to after being up by 17 to start the fourth quarter. And i got to be honest, this was one of the toughest losses in recent memory. And you know, it looked like Louisville had turned the season around after going 3-1 and one. Uh, with wins over Eastern Kentucky, Central Florida, and Florida State. The Wake Forest game was one that I tried to look past because, you know, there were some officiating issues. The team made a couple mistakes, but ultimately I thought the offense played well. Um, Defensively, there were some things that looked to improve on, but it was evident that, you know, the defense struggled in this game as well. Offensively, you know, I thought like against Wake Forest, the team, for the most part, I thought the offense did good, over 500 yards in that category, but unfortunately that was not enough to take down the Cavaliers. And for the first 45 minutes, this was one that you kind of looked at like, okay, I can kind of see now why Virginia lost by 20 to North Carolina, lost by 20 to Wake Forest, but at the end of the day, they showed with that dynamic passing offense that you cannot sleep on them and get complacent. And and unfortunately, that is what the cards did. Wide receiver Justin Marshall said in his postgame press conference, he said, look, you know, we got complacent in that fourth quarter. But anytime you're leading like that going into the fourth quarter, I think to lose like that, it's unacceptable. And what makes this sting so much more for me is the fact that the Cardinals turned in such a good performance in that third quarter. I don't think Virginia really did anything in that third quarter of substance except for get sacked a couple times, turn in a couple interceptions, and not be able to stop Louisville, Louisville had 20 points of their own in that third quarter. They trailed 13 to 10 at halftime. It was 30 to 13 at the end of the third quarter. So 20 points unanswered. Virginia started the quarter off being able to drive the football down the field. And unfortunately, you know, this was one where at the end of the day, you look back and think, you know, okay, once again, it's the little things that are harping Louisville in these games. You know, number one, I think that there are some times where the team does get complacent. And in multiple games, the Cardinals have had the opportunity to put their opposition away. 
Um, but unfortunately, the offense either stalls or the defense gives up some big-time numbers or a little bit of both, and that's kind of what happened in this game because when you look at that fourth quarter, and more specifically the drives in that quarter, you literally can just go down the line and, and see where the fault went wrong. Virginia touchdown, Louisville punt. Virginia touchdown, Louisville punt. Virginia punt, they did hold them there. Three plays, negative one yard on a three and out. Louisville got a field goal followed by a Virginia touchdown. And then James Turner's missed field goal to end the game. So overall, the Cardinals really didn't do all that much in the fourth quarter. Because the first punt was a three and out for the Cards. The next one was another three and out. The field goal was six plays, 63 yards. But that was mainly on that big run by Hassan Hall. And then the Cards tried to go down and win it at the end. Unfortunately, Turner missed the field goal. But you can't pin all of this on Turner just because, you know, the Cards should have never been in this situation to begin with. Flat out speaking, it's unacceptable. I mean, in terms of overall numbers, the Cards gave up 487 yards of passing offense, 522 yards overall. Brennan Armstrong Literally just take what the defense continued to give him. Threw the ball 60 times, completed 40 of them, 487 yards. That's 8.1 yards per attempt. Three touchdowns, two interceptions on the day. And overall, the Cavaliers were 9 for 19 in third down conversions. So the third down defense still causing some issues for the Louisville defense. Unfortunately, um, you know, in that last drive for Virginia, two fourth down conversions. So it was an extremely frustrating final quarter. And there, there was a decision made late in that fourth quarter that some people were talking about more than others in terms of how it affected the game. When Louisville had the ball, it was fourth and I believe it was four or five or so. And I think there was around three minutes on the clock, give or take. I'm not sure the exact... Um, time left but Louisville decided to go for the field goal to go up six and later Scott Satterfield would go on to say in his postgame press conference look you know six is greater than three we wanted to put the pressure on Wake Forest to ultimately have to go down to score the touchdown to win the game and they ended up doing that but looking back on it I'm not so sure the card shouldn't have gone for that because you know here's my rationale if the cards convert on fourth down, the game's over. Virginia had already wasted their timeouts on the previous series, so the game's over. You're kneeing it out. The clock runs out. If you do not get it, then you're only up by three. You have that risk, but I think that Virginia would be more inclined to kick the field goal in that situation if you don't end up getting it. And there was a, a point in that last drive for Virginia where they had a fourth down inside the Louisville Territory, and you would have to think that they would try to tie this game and send it to overtime. So at least if you're Louisville, you have the opportunity to allow your offense to win you the game. And that was kind of my issue was that, you know, the Virginia defense had done some good stuff to stop the Louisville offense in the fourth quarter. But I also think that the play calling was mainly run based. So Virginia was able to zone in on what the cards were doing and really try to, you know, disrupt things on the offensive end. But for the most part, when Malik Cunningham threw the ball, the Cavaliers weren't able to do all that much. 17 for 25 for Malik, 270 yards, one touchdown through the air. Didn't necessarily get too much in that area. I think that the Virginia defense, after being carved up by Malik in the past two times that these two teams have played, 
you know, they tried to game plan for him, and he did a great job of trusting his receivers and um, not trying to do too much on his own. So ultimately, I think that, you know, fourth and five, it's a passing down situation. Even if, like I said, even if the cards don't get it at the end of the day, I think that Virginia is playing more inclined for the tie. But there's no way of spinning this. This is a tough loss. You know, four points combined separate this team from being five and one. And, you know, two gut wrenching losses. You know, I think the fan base went from, you know, on the up and up after week four, after going three and one. And now they're kind of back into the same place they were after the loss against Mississippi. But let's break it down the good, the bad, and the ugly. But before we do that, I want to talk about our friends down at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic, this is an opportunity for you. I simply love it. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all of the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not even have ever heard of. It offers any props you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. So basically here's how it works. You pick up the two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries, so you can literally take the over on LeBron James and take the under on Justin Herbert in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com right now and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So we're conducting our weekly good, bad, and ugly segment. As I mentioned in the opening monologue, the good being the running game was able to get going again for the Louisville Cardinals on offense. Defensively flipped that on its head for the bad and um, noticed that the cards gave up over 500 yards of offense again. And the ugly, obviously, being that fourth quarter performance. But as I mentioned, I want to continue to thank you all for making Locked on Louisville your first listen of the day. As always, it is free on all streaming services, five days a week, all Louisville, all the time. So the good segment of this, we're talking about the rushing game. And this was a team that was able to get it going against Wake Forest, 200 over 200 yards of rushing attack in that game. When you look at this game, 233, so they topped that number. Hassan Hall led the way, 14 carries, 162 yards and a touchdown. And then Malik Cunningham, Jalen Mitchell, and Travion Cooley were able to assist in those numbers and bring it to 233. Two touchdowns on the ground this past Saturday for the Cards. Jalen Mitchell was able to get in on the goal line, and Hassan Hall had a touchdown as well. A big day for him, uh, who had been banged up with a shoulder injury and a foot injury, just some nagging stuff that made him a a late scratch against Florida State. Didn't necessarily see him against Wake Forest. So it was good to get him back into this running back room and see some of the talent that we have seen in previous years. So it it does bode well. I know that this is a a loss that, that stings a ton, and it's hard to take any positives away. But it's very hard to overlook what the cards were able to do in the rushing department. Once again, you know, like we mentioned, this is an offense that spends a lot of their time running the football. It's very run dominant in terms of scheme. So when the Louisville was able to execute and run the ball well, 
you know, they're being able to open up the passing game. And I think, you know, both Hassan Hall, both Justin Marshall admitted, you know, when, when the running game is going, it does a lot of numbers and a lot of favors for that Louisville passing attack. And I thought Malik Cunningham was able to, you know, find guys on the outside and then you could kind of tell by the way Virginia was lining up that they were, you know, still respecting the run. And that was something that, you know, in the keys to the game for Louisville over, you know, the past week, you know, I kept mentioning, look, establish the run early on. And it, 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 to be fair, it wasn't early on when the cards established that. I think they only had like less than 30 yards uh, somewhat into the second quarter. But the third quarter and second half is when they really started to impose their will. Hassan Hall had some big numbers. He had that 52-yard touchdown rush and um, had that, sit, you know, I think it was like a 50-yard run at, on their um, second-to-last possession that ended in that field goal. So, you know, going forward, this is something to look after. If, if Louisville can continue to establish the rushing attack, you know, it opens up so many possibilities for that offense. Um, unfortunately, something that is trending in the wrong direction, the Louisville defense had yet another um, suboptimal performance. I think they did some things well, um, but ultimately it's hard to justify uh, 522 yards allowed performance to be a good performance. Um, we, we came into this game knowing that Virginia loved to throw the ball. Um, that was very evident. The Cavaliers only got 35 yards on the ground, so 487 of those coming in the air. That was uh, spread all throughout, and that receiving core, Rashawn Henry, 9 catches, 179 yards. Keaton Thompson also had a big day, 9 for 132. Ultimately, I think the cards didn't necessarily do as well as, as I'd hoped they would. I knew that they were going to give up some yardage. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily think that the fact that Virginia was a one-dimensional offense, I didn't necessarily think that that mattered that much because I, I didn't um, think that Louisville's passing defense was going to be able to hold the Cavaliers that well. Um, and it, and it kind of showed in every quarter outside of the third. And as I mentioned early on in this show, Brandon Armstrong really took what the defense gave him and just kind of ran with it. Um, made his reads, the cards outside of that third quarter, wasn't able to get a ton of pressure on him. Uh, they only rushed three in a lot of um, situations, and we'll talk about why. I don't think that that necessarily is a good idea here in the ugly segment. But overall, I mean, it was just kind of a, another lackluster performance from a Louisville defense that I'm continuing to look to take that next step and turn the corner because it's very evident that this team has a ton of talent. The talent's not the issue. Um, yeah, I know that they have some injuries. They're still trying to replace Monty Montgomery, but when they've really rushed the passer, they've been able to get after him. And then, and when they've dropped eight and rushed three, you know, it seems like bad things have happened for that Louisville defense. And that really showed in the fourth quarter. Let's go ahead and switch to the, the ugly part of this segment. And that is that woeful fourth quarter performance the cards were up 17 to start the fourth Virginia was driving at the end of the third so I guess you can say um you know the touchdown came early on in the fourth quarter so it wasn't like Virginia had yet to start their drive because they had but ultimately the play calling and the overall level of play got extremely conservative especially on offense there was a time in that fourth quarter when I can remember a series of Louisville had picked up um, you know, eight or nine on first down, and they ran the ball on second and third down and didn't get it either time. They were forced to punt. It was a three and out. 
um, the very next possession for Louisville, it's another three now. Virginia goes down and scores another touchdown. They're down by three, and ultimately the Cards were able to get a little bit of a drive going, had the fourth and four, fourth and five, and decided to go for the field goal, got it, went up six, and the Cavaliers marched down the field, converted two fourth down conversions along the way, and scored. But and then the cards, um, you know, ironically enough, twenty something seconds left. They marched down in such a quick time and ended up getting you know an opportunity to win the game via field goal. Unfortunately, James Turner didn't make it. But um, can't like I said, can't necessarily blame all of this on him um, because the card should have never been in this situation to begin with. I thought that the play calling on offense was too conservative for my taste. I understand you're trying to continue to run the ball as it had worked in the third quarter. You're trying to uh, take some clock away, but it was very evident that they were planning on the run. So I'm more of a fan for taking the risk and you know working into passing down situations and you know being able to either roll out for Malik because. Here's the thing about it is, I mean, the cards showed throughout the game that, you know, Virginia couldn't necessarily stop them when they wanted to throw the ball. Ultimately, I thought Malik had a very solid game in terms of uh, passing, and I and I just think that, you know, overall on offense, the, the play calling got too conservative. And defensively, here's my issue. The cards once again went to the rush three, drop eight sentiment, and um, gave up chunk yards by the bit. Um, you can go back and watch that game. Brendan Armstrong either found holes in the defense or, you know, they got a big gain just because they were either missed tackles or just broken coverages. And, you know, Scott Satterfield said in his, in his post-game press conference, look, you know, the ideology when you rush three and drop eight is that you have eight guys in the secondary to guard four or five receivers. And in theory, it's a good idea. I'm not saying it's not, but it also... It's true that it hasn't necessarily worked all that well for the Louisville defense this season. When you look at when the Cards struggled against Florida State in that second half, and I guess you could say late in the first half, was when they decided to rush three and drop eight. When they played against Wake Forest, they rushed three and dropped eight a lot, and Sam Hartman was able to get his way most of the time. And Outside of the third quarter, because the third quarter is when Brian Brown switched it up, had some different pressures, had Yasir Abdullah coming off the edge. I mean, this was a quarter in which you know it resulted in multiple sacks, multiple interceptions. It forced Brennan Armstrong to, to speed up his reads and progressions, and he made mistakes. That's what you know getting after the quarterback does. I understand you're trying to eliminate as much man-to-man coverage as you can, but when you're already giving up those numbers, you know, when you drop eight and play kind of in like a, a zone because they're just finding pockets of space and finding the receivers, I think you have to switch something up, especially when you see that it, it that it wasn't working. And um, Virginia took advantage of it. Credit to Brennan Armstrong and company. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a, he's a very solid quarterback, and that's a very solid passing attack. So some of that, you know, you can't expect Louisville to completely shut Virginia down. But at the same time, I don't think that the play calling did the team truly any favors on defense, um, especially in that rush three drop eight situation. Satterfield made a comment that you you know you can't rush a guy 61 times, uh, especially when they throw the ball a lot. And I get that. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought you know the team went away from what was working 
in the third quarter, and it showed. I mean, Virginia completely took advantage of Louisville's complacency. So let's get right on into the Monday mailbag segment, but we'll talk about our friends down at Built Bar first, which is the best-tasting protein bar out there. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. This week only, there's a limited-time flavor cookie dough chunk. Outside of that, the flavors are extremely versatile, from coconut to salted caramel, peanut butter brownie to cherry. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors or you don't know where to start, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy as well. Most of the flavors have anywhere from 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So do yourself a favor, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So there's a couple questions that I want to answer in this Mailbag Monday segment because you know I feel like this is kind of epitomizing how the fan base is feeling and I want to give my thoughts on it. So the first question is, does this loss and the Wake Forest loss collectively change your expectations or should it change our expectations for the remainder of the season for the Cardinals and this is a good question because you know at the end of the day you know the difference between five and seven and eight and five and eight and four really isn't that big when you look at the grand scope of things and how Louisville in the past two years a lot of the contests have been decided by one score games 2019, they were on the favorable end of that, and then 2020 was um, you know, unfortunately not the favorable end of that. So you, the past two losses combined four points in those two losses. They're 3-3 three and three on the year, and unfortunately they now go into the tougher part of the schedule. They have Boston College, they have NC State, Clemson, UK, um, and in my opinion those are four games that I just don't feel good about. And uh, the Cardinals have to win three games to be bowl eligible, so you are assuming that this team takes care of business against Duke and Syracuse. And those two teams haven't been as bad as previously thought they were going to be. So these are going to be tests. So they're up in the air games that Louisville has to take advantage of. And not only to be able to steal one in either Clemson, NC State, Kentucky, and Boston College. Um, and instead of being possibly 7-5, 8-4, I think Louisville's path to bowl eligibility is that much tougher now because, you know, Virginia's is a game that I thought that they should win. And Wake Forest is another team that Louisville was better than. And unfortunately, you know, that was a loss that I kind of accepted. But the Virginia loss was one, you know, all you had to do was play, you know, somewhat decent football through the last quarter and you were 4-2 and two instead of 3-3. Three and three. And then those are the types of losses that can prevent you from being bowl eligible. So at the end of the day, um, I'm not necessarily, I, I guess it really just depends on what your expectations were coming into this game. If you were thinking 7-5, 8-4, you probably need to you know, be, taper those off a little bit. But bowl eligibility should still be the expectation for Louisville regardless of the teams that they play because of uh, just kind of how poor the ACC is as a whole. So the next question is, is Marshawn Ford going to miss any extended time after getting hurt in that game against Virginia. This is an interesting question because the Louisville Radio Sports Network actually came out and said that, you know, he was went to the locker room, um, you know, needed some x-rays, 
and was going to be out for the game at the end of that first half. And then in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, he runs out of the tunnel, full gear, and actually plays in a couple you know, series in the later on in that game. So I'm not necessarily sure what to think. I'm sure Scott Satterfield will address that in his press conference later today. So be sure to, you know, stay tuned into that and um, hear what Sat has to say. Um, I will say that it, it is fortunate that Louisville has the bye week in terms of that because they do have some, uh, some nagging injuries, some guys that are banged up. So th- this is a, a good time for the team to heal up. Um, personally, I would say the Marshawn Ford isn't that hurt, respectively. I don't want to be ignorant in any sense, but if he's not forced out for the rest of the game against Virginia, I think it's a different conversation to be had. But just the fact that he came into the game uh, once again and was able to play and actually play pretty pretty decently, I think it bodes well for his overall fitness. So the last question is, does Louisville need to change their identity on defense? And this, this is a, a question that I don't necessarily know how to answer. If you're talking, should Louisville abandon the rush three and drop eight? I think more than likely the answer is yes. It's obvious that the prevent defense necessarily hasn't worked all that well this season. It, in turn, all it has done is allowed opposing teams to just kind of you know chip away, dink and dunk down the field. So if you're asking schematically, if changes need to be made, um, I think you know the you know Brian Brown and company definitely need to tweak things a little bit and um, try to bring some more pressure off the edge and stuff like that. Um, but if you're talking about making the adjustments player-wise, you know I, I'm not necessarily sure that that's going to be a thing because in, in most places there isn't a ton of depth to be had there. I mean, you look at the linebacking court; you lose Monty Montgomery, so. You know, there's only you know two three guys that are getting some run there. Um, Yasir Abdullah, you're not taking him off the field. Uh, the defensive line, I think, you know, when given the opportunity to you know rush the quarterback, they're doing pretty well. Um, the cornerbacks, I, like I think, I, like I said, I think it's a schematic thing because you know the cornerbacks at all times are kind of playing you know 10 to 12 yards off the ball, and I, I, like I said, I think that that's probably a product of the rush three and drop eight. But that, that's kind of been my thing over the past three years is that a lot of times these receivers will just turn around and catch the ball in pockets of space. So, you know, it'll, it, I, I'm interested to see, you know, how Scott Satterfield and Brian Brown uh, address the defense giving up big yardage numbers throughout the first six games. Now, to their defense, they have played three of the NCAA's top ten best offenses statistically. Um, throughout the first half of the season. So it's not like the Louisville defense is going to be a top 20 defense just based upon, you know, improvements because they are, you know, you do have to give some credit to the teams that they play. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, it's, you know, how they lose those yardage and it's in, and, um, you know, being able to be found in pockets of space and stuff like that, I think is what infuriates the fan base the most. So uh, I want to say thank you all once again for making Locked on Louisville your first listen of the day tomorrow we're going to continue to talk that virginia loss we'll talk about hassan hall uh, and then we'll dive into some other things that i want to highlight before we get out here i want to give a quick shout out to the cardinal sports zone podcast which will be released tonight but that's going to do it all for us on this monday edition of the show everyone have a great start to your week we'll see you right back here tomorrow